those of you that are still here, here's Ben Lass. That was the, uh, the best, most unique introduction. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, my, my, there's lots of connections to, uh, to Cornerstone. And uh, I was mentioning that um, as a teen, uh, fun fact is that I slept in the nursery here. Uh, I was in a, at a lock-in. And so a youth group, I think it's downstairs, right? It's downstairs uh, under the, what is the fellowship hall now, I think. And so I remember sleeping down there. And uh, I forget all the games and whatever we played that night. But I do remember that. Uh, I, am, I am going to attempt to, uh, Dan is very good at using this thing. And so I'm going to try my best but it's not going to be better than him, all right? He, he's, he does a better job, and so I'm just going to try my best, and, uh, and you, can, you can kind of hopefully follow along with me. Um, this is a picture of some of my family members. Uh, the, the previous picture you saw there earlier was uh, my wife, Emily, and, uh, yeah, we met at Silver Lake when she was 14 and I was 16, and we dated for a long time, and, uh, and then got, got married, and we have three boys, uh, Brayson, Beckett, and Bowen, and uh, Brayson is 10, Beckett is 7, and Bowen is 4, uh, just turned 4, and uh, every year we have this tradition, I mean, we just had Canada Day uh, last, last week, a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and at Canada Day, you know, the last two Canada Days have been pretty unique, and uh, this one especially unique, right, because in light of finding all these unmarked graves. And so it's a, it's a somber, kind of somber feeling Canada Day. Um, one of the things we always enjoy doing is getting together with family and friends during that day. And, uh, and, and this year was no different. We still got together with friends. In fact, one of our closest friends, his birthday's on Canada Day. And so it's a, it's, we usually have a birthday party for him. And it's a, one of the only times that you can launch fireworks. And so um, I am, I'm a guy. I'm a dad. And I usually buy a lot of fireworks. And so uh, we live in a subdivision. And uh, during the day, we went boating with my parents and uh, on, the, on the Rito. And then we had some dinner with our friends here. And uh, there we are getting ready to uh, launch the fireworks. The kids had their sparklers. Now, last year uh, was the first year that Bowen, my youngest, he, was, he had just turned three at the time. It was the first time he had ever experienced fireworks. And so when the first one went off, he was, like, totally freaked out. I mean, he, he saw these. He was scared. He was crying. But then by the end of it, he was, like, laughing, like, more, more. And I was like, you have no idea how much these cost. I can't do anymore. <laughs> and so we launched them. He's loving it, and uh, the family's loving it. This year, we went, uh, we went a little bit bigger, all right? And so we were launching them, and, uh, and I lived in the subdivision. And so uh, our kids were, like, yelling, screaming, clapping. They were having a blast. We were having a blast. And, uh, and then uh, what we noticed is that as the night went on and we kept launching these fireworks, um, the neighbors began to show up. Uh, and so they brought their lawn chairs. And, and what turned out, we were launching them in the middle of the street. And so eventually, all, like a whole bunch of neighbors, our families are all gathered, and we're, we're kind of laughing. We're enjoying the time together. We're shooting up, lighting up the sky. And our subdivision, what was going on is that they could see those fireworks from the distance and decided, you know what? That looks cool. Let's, let's walk over. And we all enjoyed the evening together. Now, I will, I, will, uh, I will get back to that. But there's something to be said about drawing attention to yourself. And joy and laughter and community. Lights going off to draw the attention that that brings. 
And, uh, and I'll jump back to that a little bit later. But what I want you to do is turn to the book of Nehemiah. And uh, specifically in chapter 1039, you can turn there or you can type there or whatever you do. Uh, but you can jump on in with me. And, uh, and she's already helping me. You already helped me. Awesome. And uh, so we're going, to, we're going to jump into this uh, teaching here on the book of Nehemiah. And so in Nehemiah, what's going on here is that uh, they're rebuilding this wall. Uh, they're, they're restoring this wall around Jerusalem. It is kind of the, the crowning jewel here, and it represents the glory that was there. It's now being restored, and there's a nation, these people of Israel, they have been stuck in captivity so for, for a very, very long time. Some of them, their, their entire lives, they've been stuck in captivity. And they're just, they're coming to the end of building this wall. And uh, there's, it's almost like a fresh start. It's a, it's a new beginning. It's, 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 it's a step in the right direction. And, uh, and they're ready to, to kind of like celebrate and to move on and to get back to their lives. And there's excitement about the future. And they feel like, you know what, there's, there's nothing left to do now. We, we, we did it. We completed it. There's nothing left to do. And uh, they, they knew that they had to give their support to this thing. They knew they had to give their, their, their time and their effort to this thing. They had worked on it, and it was done. And now Nehemiah, Nehemiah is not like, he's not really a special figure. He's just kind of an everyday person. He doesn't have like a, a title of priest or anything like that. But he, he gets up, and he says this. He says, this is not the end. It's only the beginning. He says, God is not finished with this house yet. He says, we have work to do. We have to continue on. We have to continue to press forward. And the house of God must continue to be a light in the darkness. Not only in Jerusalem, but but beyond. And, And he begins to share the story of Israel. He begins to share the story of Israel. What used to be, and and the the thing about this is I think we are at this junction in the church and in society. I I feel it being a a pastor. uh, I feel it as I look out into society. Maybe you're with me, maybe you're not, but there's this fresh start, this fresh opportunity. And I think like when we're we're starting to come back here to church, we're starting to build the house of God, I really think we can't really live in your history. You need to move forward forward. And he, he recounts the history. He's sharing what, what used to be, and, and that's good to celebrate, but he's saying we got to move forward from here. And part of that is, is you remember what's happened. You, 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 having hope for the present, having hope for the future, having hope for what's next and what the church looks like next in, in this new season of reality where I'm looking at everyone wearing masks here. Can't tell if you're mad or happy or smiling. I can't you know, I were preaching to the camera. I've been preaching to the camera for, for a year, right, without, without being able to, to interact with people and talk with people. And, um, and I think it's important for us to remember and go to the past and to think about, you know, how has God provided for us? How has he provided for this church in the past? How, how, what has God done through the life of our church in the past? Nehemiah says, don't, don't live, just don't live in that history but remember the times that there were youth lock-ins and, and Ben slept in the nursery. Remember the times that the, that the church was out in the community doing amazing things. And I know you guys do the, like the Christmas tree. I know you have a great youth program. I know there's the after-school program, like all this great stuff that you were doing. It is great, but it's different. 
And it's good to celebrate those things, but you can't live in them. And so the, the reality is that you can't get stuck looking in the rearview mirror. You have to face the reality of what is now and what is present and what moving forward is all about. Nehemiah, he says that the best days are still in front of us. God isn't finished. He's not done. It might be different. It might be harder. It might be uphill, but he's, he's definitely not and so he speaks to them, and then collectively there's this chant that is about to take place, all right? And we see this in Nehemiah 10.39. It reads like this. The people of Israel, including the Levites, are to bring their contributions of grain, new wine, and olive oil to the storerooms where the articles for the sanctuary and for the ministering priests, the gatekeepers, and the musicians are also kept. And then collectively, Here's what they say. We will not neglect the house of our God. And so if you're watching here today, and all of us in here, here's just what I want you to do. I want you to say this out loud. I want you to say this phrase, this chant that they're actually saying. I want you to say this, all right? We're going to, on count of three, we're all going to say this out loud. One, two, three. We will not neglect the house of our God. In other words, they're saying, we still have work to do. We still have work to do. We are still going to continue to build this house in a different way, in a different shape, in a different form. And yes, yes, we've, we've, we've built this thing. We've constructed it. And it's great. It's amazing. It's restoring the glory. It's doing that. But we will stand together because there's still work to do. See, what I've found is that the end is just the beginning of change. I've been in a unique, unique situation uh, over at Southgate. We, we built a building and launched a campus. And I sat in that building on Sundays for 52 weeks by myself. And there was no grand opening. There was no launch of a new campus. There was no these things that we, you know, God is leading us to do this. This is, this is great. We need more space. We need to do this thing. We work so hard to get here. We do this. And then it's just, it's an empty building. And, and God is teaching me in that time, the end might just be the beginning of change. It might be a pruning, it might be a molding, it might be a shaping, it might be refining. We will not neglect the house of our God. That was their confession because, let's face it, it's easy to neglect the house of God when you're not in the house of God. It's usually amazing, and, 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 and it's, it's exciting, it's, it's, it's convicting for me when I see someone who is brand new in their faith. It's exciting seeing the energy, the zeal, the passion they have for Jesus, and, and to get to God's house, and to worship, and to, to see the joy that they're living with, that fresh excitement, compared to, if I'm honest, sometimes in my life. And sometimes the monotony of moving forward. Sometimes the, 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 the struggle of living a life of faith in the, in the most difficult times in struggling society and world. What would it look like? What, if, what would it look like to, for, this, for this building to be absolutely packed? And, and yeah, not everyone who, who used to be a part of this church, they might not come back. And we don't know that. There's a whole group of people who need to be who are not yet here, 
have not yet given their life to Jesus. And, and, and now there's a fresh new opportunity, a fresh new way of thinking, a fresh new uh, you know, harvest that is plentiful. And, and it's going to take the people who are here, us, and all of our churches together to, to, to not just be spectators or consumers or watch on TV, but to be the hands and feet, to be the beginning of change. My kids, they used to watch this, um, frankly, very annoying cartoon called uh, Bob the Builder. And, uh, and he sings like this song, and I don't even know if it's still on anymore. They're past that stage, praise the Lord. And, um, and they used to say like this, this phrase was like, uh, <laughs> the main lines was, can you build it? Yes, we can. And um, and my mindset, you know, there's we, there's this building now we have over in Kempville, and uh, regardless if if the building is there or not, we have we have a church that we have to build. We have to build it, and the reason why we have to build it is because I truly and honestly believe that Jesus is coming back again. I truly, honestly believe that there is a real heaven and a real hell. And I really, truly believe that God is calling us to build his church and to rescue more people than ever before. Now, you, you might have started coming to the church. Uh, like what we've experienced, um, you know, there's, there's I, I, I baptized several people this year that I've never even seen before. Uh, they, they, they've just jumped in online. And maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe you've, you're watching today and you've never actually physically built into this building, and you started connecting to the church over the pandemic. Maybe you watch every week. Maybe you're here once in a while. And I, my invitation is be part of it. Is, is be part of what God is doing in this church and through uh, the, the ministry of this church. Remember what he's done in the past. Don't live in the past, but remember what he's done. And so they, they finish the wall, and they're ready to, to move on. And Nehemiah 8, verse 10 um, Nehemiah is saying, like, it's time to celebrate. It's, it's time to celebrate what has happened, what is done. But then the priest gets up, Ezra, and he gets up and he begins to recite the laws. He begins to read through what the actual laws of living for, for, for God, uh, what, what we need to be doing as the nation of Israel, as God's children. And he begins to say these things, and he didn't mean to make them feel really bad, but what that ends up doing is making the people feel really bad because because they realize how sinful they've been living. So Ezra gets up, he reads all these laws, and people are like, oh my goodness, this is like a beatdown. Like I, I, yes, I, this has been a, a brutal year. And for us, maybe during the pandemic, brutal year. For you. And, and maybe it's feel like, felt like a beatdown. Maybe it's like a loss of purpose. Maybe it's a, 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 I've been dealing with this. I serve as a, an assistant DS in the district. And it's, it's, it's very troubling watching different pastors and calling them and, and, and talking to them. And, and they... Some of them feel like a loss of purpose. And, and it's this difficult time, this difficult season, and they feel like they're, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I thought I knew. I thought I felt like God leading in my life. I thought he told me to do this. Now it seems like we're wandering or I'm wandering, and I don't know who comes to my church and who doesn't come to my church. And I don't know, you know, based on our attendance, I have no idea what, what attendance even means anymore. And Ezra is speaking to the Israelite nation, and he's telling them, you know what, these are the new laws, and, and the people begin to understand, you know what, I haven't been following Jesus like I should. I haven't been following these laws like I knew I should. 
my parents weren't following these commandments. And so they feel condemned. They feel, they feel discouraged. They feel like there's, there, there, there's a lot of work to do on the inside of their lives. And so Nehemiah, he, he says something. It's filled, it gets filled with God's Holy Spirit. And he says this. They feel beat down after Ezra's talk on the, on the laws. They feel beat down. They feel condemned. And Nehemiah says this. He says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Go get a pop. Go, 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 get, go, get, some, go get some comfort food. Go, go get some, some steaks or, or whatever you want. Go get something real good and, uh, and feel good about yourself. Go and enjoy a good meal. If you're down the dumps, let's start in the right place here. And so he says, go do that. And then he says, after you do that, send some to those who have nothing prepared. And so take what you have, enjoy it, celebrate that you've made it through this time, that we've rebuilt this wall, that you've celebrated the past, enjoy some, some great food, and then, and then share with those who have nothing. And I think this is, this is important for us to understand. It's, it's very simple, but I think this is square one for us in the society that we live in. Be the hands and feet and give what you have to those who have nothing. People will never listen to anything you have to say unless they trust you. As a big, my biggest lesson moving back from New York to Ontario, New York, I was, you know, I was the pastor of the town. I was the marshal of the parade. I was, I was the, the, I prayed at the high school graduation. People got their china out when I came over for dinner. And then I come to Ontario, I move back here, and it's like, oh, you're a, you're a minister or you're a priest? Or I know the scandals that come out of the church. Or, I know the problems that have, that have happened. I know... Everyone's painted with the same brush, right? And I, I realized at that moment, man, I need to play an active role in my community before anyone would listen to anything I have to say. And so, and so love people. Do things for people. Start there in building this thing back. Start with loving others, giving what you have. And, he said, and, and, and I know this church does that already, but that's where we have to start as we build this thing back he says this, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's difficult. We're in a difficult spot. But don't grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So this is going to be point number three. Change on the outside can lead to change on the inside. See, once you start doing things, once you start being the hands and feet of Jesus, once you start giving what you have and your time and your resources and your energy, once you start loving people, once you start doing that, you begin to feel it on the inside. See, the, the, the audacity here that Nehemiah has, ha, ha, tells them to be joyful when they've been through so much is difficult. And that I would come up here and have the audacity to tell some of you have been through a ringer of a year, it's difficult to, to have joy. Some of these people have been in, in, in captivity their entire life. They've been slaves their entire life life. But what Nehemiah is trying to ask is, how, how, in light of the circumstance, how do you see God? In light of the situation, the year you've gone through, the, the, the lack or, or, or the, the loneliness or, or financially or whatever it is, how do you see God in the midst of that? Because if they see God as joyful, then they will have a joyful life. But if you see God as a sad God, as you see God as a mad God, as a, as a disappointing father, and you're going to walk around life with, with little joy or little strength. 
You'll be cynical. You'll complain. But Nehemiah says that our God is not a cynical or complaining God. He's, he's not happy one day and mad the next day and angry and, and all over the place. He, he is not like that. He's not like the earth and that, or, or earthly personalities that, that we think in our mind. He's, he's consistent. He's consistently joyful, consistently kind, consistently merciful, consistently compassionate. And so where, where, do, you, where do you find that joy? Where, where do you get the joy of the Lord? How do you get the joy of the Lord to be your strength? You, you, start, you start living out that lifestyle by understanding who God is and how much he loves you. You can't make yourself joyful, but you can focus on the joy of the Lord. This is what I always say with people with, uh, you know, who are trying to find, they're stressed out and they're trying to find peace and they, they make a playlist of, of like tranquility music and they go to the spa and they get a massage or they get... They, they put incense on or, or oils or whatever, just trying to get some peace. And I say, pray for the peace that passes understanding. Pray for supernatural peace. Have joy that surpasses understanding. A supernatural joy it cannot be manufactured. It can't be something that you do. It's only from God. And at least in my experience this year, people have tried to find that joy in so many poor In my experience this past year, people have tried to find joy in alcohol, addictions, on websites, in pills, in social media. I've never seen so many selfies in my life. People people post to, to get some kind of reaction or joy, make them feel better. It's not found in an affair. It's not found in more money. It is found in the joy, the supernatural joy of the Lord. And that's important because the joy of the Lord is your strength for continual change. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, seasonal change. It, it's not when the winter comes. It's, it's not a seasonal type of thing. It's not in the moment. It's a, it's a forever. It's a continual, lifelong change. I love Psalm 28, verse 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. And He helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise Him. Joy is not the absence of pain. Joy is standing on, on the rock in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the wind, in the middle of the raging sea. It's, it's, it's consistent. No matter what I go through, I'm still going to have the joy of the Lord. And thankfulness feeds that heart of joy. I mean, you're reading things on the news. I'm reading things on the news. And, and, and this past year, man, I had so many instances where I had to check myself in the decisions of politicians, in the decisions of celebrities, in the decisions of, of business, uh, in, 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 in all, all kinds of things, uh, leadership, pe- people in leadership and, and churches and all kinds of things, just poor, poor choices. And, and I wake up and I see the hypocrisy of it all and celebrities and governments and I, I, I just got mad. And, and I, live, I live with that anger and that frustration and, and then in the church, I experienced divisiveness and, and finger-pointing and 
things should be different or we should be doing this and not that and focus on this and 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 to live through that is <laughs> it, it and the attacks and people people you know having funerals and only five people can come and people losing loved ones and it, and the struggle is real and so for to have joy in the midst of those a year like this to have joy in the midst of of what we've gone through it is listen to be able to have joy and display that joy is so unique in our world I'll be honest like you and Dan you are joyful people when I when I see you guys all the time like I'm an introvert I have to think to smile like you <laughs> you you guys have have you radiate the joy of the Lord and that is contagious and it's unique in our society and it stands out. And so joy is not based on what's going on out there. Joy is based on what you have in here. And God is singing a song of delight even in the darkest hour. He's consistently joyful. Nehemiah says, I know that you've walked through a lot, but there's joy in the morning. And look what happens next. Few things happen. They're down the dumps, but they've still completed this wall. They're excited about it, but then they're torn down by Ezra. They hear about all these laws. They're like, we're not good enough. We didn't live well enough. And now, like, God doesn't look nice, down nicely at us, and, and he's, he's upset with us, I'm sure. And then, and then Nehemiah encourages him again. He's like, go have a party. Go celebrate. It's okay. We've got to win this victory. We're going to get through this. And then there's a few verses that we find here. Verses in Nehemiah 8.12. It says, then all of the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. 8.17, the whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. I'm not going to get into what those things are. You can look into what those temporary shelters are. But it's part of their law, part of the celebration. From the days of Joshua, sons of Nun, until that day. See, the Israelites had not celebrated like this. They, they, they never had, had, had kind of let it all out here, and their joy was very great. Nehemiah 12.43 says, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. And the women and children, they also rejoiced. The sounds of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard from far away. And I think that speaks the most to me. I'm just picturing, I don't know what your Sunday services are like in the back here. Um, hopefully they're loud. But, but I, I, you know, the, being out, people from far away could hear their joy. And that's, that's what my desire is. That's what I would the People, I wouldn't have to beg people to come to church. They would come to church because they see, see a whole bunch of joyful people loving their world, loving their community, that they would, they would be interested, that they would be so intrigued by what was going on at this place, you wouldn't need to invite people. They'd actually want to come. The Bible says that joy comes in the morning. And you say, how do I get it? And Jesus says, the joy that I give you cannot be taken away. The only way it can be taken away is if you give it away. And joy is so important. It's vital because the world sees you. The world watches you. 
I understand this. I live in a glass house. Half of my neighbors come to the church. I, 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 I need to be consistent in the way I live in my life. The, the world watches us, and they're, they're, they're looking at fake Christians. They're looking at hip, hypocrites. They're, they're looking at people who don't care for their community. But the, the person who is allowing the fruit of the Spirit to grow inside of them, the person who stands on the joy of the Lord through difficulties, it's exciting. So I want you to picture that imagery of fireworks. Something that drew people in. I, I didn't invite them to the fireworks yet. I just paid the money. I lit them. And they all, before I know it, I'm looking around. Got half the neighborhood watching fireworks. This is the firework in the community. In this area, we've got a fireworks show going. Whether you like it or not, people are watching. They're, they, they, they're, 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 they're coming, they're seeing, they're watching, they know about it, they're experiencing it in the way that you live, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you spend, the way you live your time. Live with joy and be the fireworks in your core and beyond. So where's the, I always, I always have next steps here. I think I, I didn't do too bad stayed pretty close to you. I always have uh, some, some, you know, what are some action steps? What are some next steps? And I, and I wrote a few. Allow the change on the outside to influence the change on the inside. What I mean by that is the world is changing faster than it ever has. Allow that to spur on some, maybe some change that needs to happen on the inside. Some, some pruning, some, some uh, you know, molding and shaping, some refining. Number two, display the joy of the Lord that you have. How, how can you do that? What, 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 can I, what can I do in my life to show this? How, how, do, how do I get involved? Or how do I be a part of a new ministry that's going to start because of this pandemic, right? And don't neglect the house of God. Be part of it. You, you are it. I've learned this year that it's not the not the building. You are the house of God. So acknowledge it, be part of it, and be the firework in your community. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to, to share your word, to be together in this, to be your church. And Father, we know that there is just a, a broken, broken world out there. And I feel, I, I feel like it's breaking more by the day. And yet I thank you for the opportunity to, to show joy in the Lord in the midst of brokenness. God, I thank you for, for Dan and Wendy. Their willingness to be used by you, to, to serve you fully. I pray for rich blessing over their ministry here, God. And I thank you for each one who's gathered here today, whether they're at home or sitting here in the pews. God, we just want to do our best for you. So, Father, whatever year we've had, whatever challenge we've faced this past year, God, we, we, want, to, we want to leave that in the past. We want to remember what you've done in the life of this church in the past, God, but we want to, we want to press on with open hands 
celebrating what you're about to do. And so, God, 